0: Hi, I'm Sarah Goodall, wife, mum and marketing obsessed business owner. Welcome to my campfire chat series. After 20 plus years in B2B marketing roles, I've had the great pleasure to meet and work with some fascinating folks, people who've inspired or challenged me to think differently about social business, advocacy, and digital leadership. I figured it was time to share their stories and insights in a series of short, punchy podcast chats. Today, I'm talking to Adita Meleza Malatrat. She is a marketing leader that has had a career that spanned both B2B and B2C. She's currently the marketing lead in and Eastern Europe for SAP, based in Poland. She's got a wealth of experience in leading marketing teams and aligning to sales. In fact, she's one of the most commercially savvy marketers I've known, and she has one of the most complicated names. Honestly, I reckon she's a sales professional disguised as a marketer. Adita, welcome to my campfire chat. Adita, welcome to my campfire chat. It's very nice to have you here. Where are you at the moment, actually? It's because the last time I saw you, you were in the UK, but you're not anymore, are you?
1: I am not. <laughs> I am now based in Warsaw. I'm sitting on the 10th floor on a veritable building, and I have a fabulous view through my window looking at Warsaw City. Oh,
0: gorgeous. And you've just moved there, haven't you, for a new role? You work for SAP, um, and you've started a new role there. Do you want to just describe a little bit about what you do there and sure. what your role is?
1: I am leading Central and East Eastern Europe marketing team right now so that's about 16 different countries wow. very scary but also very very <laughs> excited and yes one of the parameters one of the requirement for a role was Edita if you want to do it you need to be based one of the countries and of course being Polish and I have chosen Warsaw so yeah. here I am. You're on back home. So I am back home. <laughs> <clears throat> when did you leave Poland then was it quite a while ago? Long time time ago. I left Poland 20 years ago when I decided to choose London as my home. So I feel practically British uh, now. And let's face it, it was not an easy decision to to take on that challenge. And there were a little bit of fears of of moving here, but I feel fabulous and I'm ready to rein my fears. Oh, good for
0: you. Well, that's why you're on the podcast a little bit, Adita, because there's a few things that fascinate me about you. The Mm -hmm. first one, I remember when I first saw you speak and you said that you used to work for Procter & Gamble Mm -hmm. and then you moved to SAP. Now, in my mind, Procter & Gamble, you know, consumer brands, big global company what well, SAP is too but SAP is a technology company so I'd imagine that's quite a different kind of marketing from your career perspective mm. so what made you decide to do that because I would have thought if you're in sort of consumer brands you'd probably want to kind of stay there
1: yes but then again the life is adventure now first mm. of all a small correction when I left Procter & Gamble many years ago mm. I have left p for Cisco first Ah. before then moving to um, SAP. Now, there were few factors that made me decide to leave the consumer world. So this wasn't just sort of one dimension. First of all, let's be very honest, FMCG, so fast moving consumer goods, as the name implies, is very, very fast paced. (laughs) We think B2B is fast, trust me, when you have to launch (laughs) new products every quarter and a small delay somewhere in the supply chain can mean that your product is late to be on the shelf. Wow. It's really, really serious. It's real, so, isn't it? That is exactly. real. Exactly. Mm. So that pressure, I think, was getting a little bit to me. Okay. Plus... Yeah. I did want to try a B2B environment and Cisco at a the time, they were venturing into consumer world and yeah. I could offer them my experience on consu- about the consumer. And then I think thirdly, in all my career, all the choices I made, it was always along the lines of I wanted to do things that would challenge me, would stretch me and they would take me to a place I haven't been before. Yeah. And, you know, having done practically half of my then a career consumer I thought here you go B2B little did I know that technology as an industry would become so important mm-hmm. and actually if you think about it now even a consumer brand today is a technology brand so well, here you go true.
0: yeah so the whole worlds have started colliding haven't they and Co- the way- completely yeah. completely that's fascinating and the thing is that fascinates me the most about you though Adita is that I consider you to be one of the most commercially savvy be marketers, I think that I've ever met, oh, and I've, I've said to you. you several times, I think <laughs> you you're did. a salesperson in a marketer's body because body. yeah, you just understand the market, the industry. You make it your business, and I've seen you talk with salespeople. You're kind of at their level. Do you know what I mean? Where, mm. Whereas, especially in B two B tech, quite often it's a very sales led marketing environment quite often marketing is like running around delivering yes. events, you know, but you don't do it like that. Where's that come from then? is that come from your time in
1: consumer? or Yes, I think 100%, 100%. I think Procter formed me as a marketeer okay. and in consumer. So that's not only Procter & Gamble. I had friends who were working and they're still working in L'Oreal and in other consumer brands. I think it's a consumer sort of marketing in general. In consumer, marketing drives business or rather brand drive a business so if Mm. you're a brand manager you are ceo of your brand of your business and the key metrics the key indicators you're looking at is your revenue is the profit margins is market shares is wallet shares really very typical financial indicators that in b2b indeed is what actually sales are looking at yeah and for me when i got into b2b it was a little bit of a shock that marketing is a little bit in the backseat. And I must say, it became my mantra to try to reposition marketing, to try to drive us into more as a business partner, as a brand who understand the business, who can talk the same talk as sales. Mm. And I must admit, sometimes as marketeers, In B2B, we probably do ourselves injustice Mm -hmm. because we don't understand the business and we should, and we fall too easily into our safe zone, which is content, which is you know, imagery, creativity. We lack that understanding of the business, which for me is still that first parameter of who I want to be as a marketeer. So that's my hope and that's my mission (sighs) for marketing to be more business focused. And more partner at a partner level with sales.
0: And I love that. And I see actually more marketers. Where was I just before um, a couple of months ago? I was at a workshop where we were talking about this and marketing's metrics and KPIs are moving almost if you use funnels still, it's moving further and further down the funnel. You know, it used to be about leads generating, yes. quality, leads influence, but now it's almost like pipeline generating yes. pipeline one and booked as a result yep. of marketing. you know you might as well just take the commission check and become a salesperson? <laughs> <Now I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> Marketing's moving so far down now. So I think marketing is getting KPI. Yes metrics. Where do you think this is going then, this whole sales and marketing thing? Because, you know, as sales moves up the funnel with social selling and marketing moves down, what's your vision for yes. sales and marketing relationship? You,
1: you're right. And I really think it can continue along these ways. And already, what I noticed in my, in my new role, which is phenomenal, the appetite from the business, what I'm hearing from our MD here, from the MDs in the countries, they want to work with marketing. They want to To drive digital, they come to me and say, Adita, how can we do less events and more marketing? They understand that the decision making process of our customers, our B2B customers, have changed so much that they need digital to be an influencer along the journey of the decision making process so that they can close the the deal faster. And I think this is the huge opportunity we have have as marketeers. We have to grab it. Uh, have to take it. But I think we also have to do our homework and really still do the homework of, okay, do I understand my business? Do I understand my market? Do I go out and talk with my customers so I understand a little bit what the pains are? Mm. I think here there was an important point. In B2B, it's much harder for marketeers to have relationship with customers. It wasn't like that in, in consumer. We had a regular way of engaging with consumers through the different research, through the visits in the stores. It is mm. much harder for marketers in B2B because that end point is owned by sales but again I think there are ways for us to reclaim it a little bit.
0: I'm sure you I remember you saying a story that used to sit in a supermarket and watch people buy nappies or diapers if you're listening in America or something or did I imagine that did I dream that? No
1: that's that's, that's absolutely that you know we had consumer research groups where we were literally taken to the store and followed some consumers (laughs) how they are making the purchases and asking them so why did you pick up this product ah because it was point of sales and so you've read something so absolutely that or going to their homes and seeing how they use the products and you know and, and stuff like that so if you think about it it's almost like it is much easier versus obviously in uh, in technology world our product is a lot more complex uh, there was one a function which buys the technology there is then organization that uses it That's so true, yeah. and Understanding of customer is a lot harder, but again, I think digital allows us to be a lot closer. I admit I follow a lot of brands online. Mm -hmm. I still follow P and G because I like (laughs) to see what they are up to. I follow big consumer brands like L'Oréal or Unilever because they're very innovative with what they do with the brand, and I follow a lot of other, you know, our own customers just to see what they what they are up to, and that often gives me knowledge that. A salesperson doesn't have, again, mm-hmm. I think that's an opportunity for B2B marketeers.
0: Yeah, getting the insights and getting them yeah. early and help become a service provider to sales, you know, and, and showing them the intelligence and what you can learn. I've always thought this, you know, there's always been a bit of debate internally in organisations who owns the social business. I'm not sure it's about owning it, but I certainly think marketing has an opportunity to lead it because they know social media, they're comfortable with digital, they know about content, they should know the customer. But I think from speaking to you, it's an opportunity where marketing could probably improve. You don't have to sit and go out and talk to customers. You can actually learn a lot about them online. That brings Mm -hmm. me to my next point, actually, Adita, because you are a very socially active marketer. You are on LinkedIn. You are sharing. You are reading. You are blogging. And a lot of marketers probably are a little bit hesitant to do that. They don't, maybe don't want to put themselves out there, but you make it your business to invest time in networks and relationships online. So why is that a priority for you?
1: I certainly try, you know, I probably don't have the highest SSI scores (laughs) and I don't have necessarily a huge uh, troop of followers on, on Twitter. Um, I'm trying to build that and I'm only just starting in, in Instagram, but I do use social media as much as I, And, and you know, there are weeks when I'm more active and there are weeks like last week, I was not very active because I was so, so busy. But fundamentally for me, social media is one of the almost easiest ways to keep on top of the business, to keep on top of trends, news, mm-hmm. innovation, whether the hot topics, whether it's for marketing, whether it's for technology, because SAP is a technology brand. It's across a number of different and different things. I pick up a lot from social media I pick up a lot of ideas you know some ideas for campaigns or research or what we could do as different campaigns in digital I pick up sometimes what other companies are doing which could be an interesting way for us as a brand to position our product and lastly honestly very selfishly it's also so that I am visible so that I help SAB brand to be visible and therefore it's to you know, I'm building my brand, I build Editas brand. And of course, I build SAP brand. So it's, again, it's different, different factors.
0: And I think I, what I've always appreciated about SAP is their ambition is not to put their employees out there to go amplify content. Their ambition is to put their expert employees out there to show the great talent they've got working for the company. And that is different. That's a different motivation, because that's the sort of motivation that SAP is saying, we're proud of the people that we've got, and we're letting them build their brand, around the topics that they're passionate about that's relevant to them. And that's okay. And that's the sort of thing that I think that attracts talent, it attracts customers. Customers want to work with companies like that talent wants to come join companies like that so I think they're good objectives I see for that but I have a question because there will be Mm -hmm. some marketers listening to this that might think well okay where's this all going you know what's Mm -hmm. the advice Adita that you would give me as someone who's transitioned into this digital world built your professional brand on social you're in a senior role and what kind of advice would you give to marketers today in B2B? I
1: think you know we've already said that first and foremost understand your market and your customers before you start designing tactics, channels, content strategy. It always drove me a little bit nuts. This (laughs) very singular fashions, I would say, around like content strategy. Content strategy is a new thing for marketing. And it drove me nuts in the past because you cannot have content strategy in isolation of the market and the customer and segmentation. And marketing has to do the job right, in a way of Start with who. And this is, again, I'm using very um, sort of consumer framework, which is who, what, and how. Whilst I think in B2B, we sometimes jump into the how Mm -hmm. and we're forgetting about the who. You cannot do that. So if you want to be a good marketeer, you have to start with your customer. And that is on a different levels, whether it's, you know, insights, whether it's market segmentation, you know, uh, whether it's understanding, for example, product you sell and therefore understanding the category or whether like in my previous role, industry. So I was trying to understand the industry, but do this first before you start with content or tactics or anything else. That would be number one. Therefore, be business driven. Don't be afraid to go and meet your customers. And on a very personal level, my last tip, and this is I think I've said that at the beginning of this chat, and this is, I'm living through it right now. <laughs> I love this quote from Amelia Earhart, the first female who flew around Atlantic. And she said something that talks to me right now, and that is, use your fear. It can take you to the place where you store your courage. In mm-hmm. other words, just go for it. If you like something that buzzes you, that, you know, you think, oh, I can do it but you have fears don't let your fears take it away from you go and attack it that's why I've taken this role and I had to move to 20 years after living in UK I moved uh, in, in Warsaw and you know let's face it there were a lot of fears around my decision but I'm happy I've attacked that fear and I'm finding now the spots of courage within myself and I think when you make different decisions throughout your career you know you can be afraid, but don't afraid to be afraid. Go and face it. Oh,
0: brilliant. Brilliant words. So motivational. And like you say, you are living in it. You're you know you've just moved into this role you've moved abroad it's about adventures you know we were talking about this before we started recording but Mm -hmm. you know it's about the adventures of life it's about facing up to them because you learn so much completely I always say it's about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable and if you're starting to feel comfortable then you probably need to do something about it because completely you know you're not learning
1: so completely Mm. exactly that so here we are
0: brilliant it's (laughs) an absolute pleasure talking to you I said this about about uh, Lee, actually, Lee Welch. We've done mm-hmm. a podcast with him as well. And I just hang off every word you say and the, the sort <laughs> of things that you talk about. And it's like, yeah, that's so wise. Yeah, I need to listen to that. So thank you so much, Adita, for sharing some of that. And I hope some of the marketers who listen to this will get some inspiration out of it. So yeah, thank you so much. I'll thank you. get on with your busy day. So. Thank
1: you very much for having me, Sarah. And yes, let's hope it gives some inspiration and some spark to people who have listened to it. Brilliant. Thanks, Adita thank you Sarah
0: thanks for listening to the campfire chat podcast be sure to visit tribalimpact.com to join us on social media access the show notes and discover content that relates to today's conversation see you at the next episode